Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. What's up, everybody? We are back, and we are a little early this week. We're recording on Wednesday because of the PGA Championship. Obviously, starts Thursday. We want to give you our picks ahead of time. We're also going to bring you tight ends today as well as some Major League Baseball talk. But in the studio, we have Jared Rubin today, who is our golf expert, we would say, yeah. right? He's also yeah, the we'll best golfer. Yeah, we'll see about that. He's he more of a golf expert than we will ever be, so yeah. I'll consider I'll, him I'll an give expert. myself that, at least, but Although, good to be back. There you go. Back. It's good to have you back, but I just want to make a point that I did not have a bad Open Championship season. I was in the top six in our pool, which is okay. Yeah, How many people win money? Top three win money. Okay. But I did win money, Xander, because I won you the props. Won. I won the prop there bets, so I... You know what? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the... About the PGA Championship. And, Jared, we're going to start it off with the big dogs because I'm so sick of everybody. That was about to get really vulgar. But I'm so sick of everybody talking about Rory McIlroy and the way they're talking about him. He has not impressed me at all. I've been hard on the top. But he's I'm, won, he's won yeah. at this place twice. So What have you done recently? Or this term. What, what, have, what yeah, are you doing only, for me now? He only finishes top five every week of the year. All right. It's not like he's bad. I mean, he just hasn't won. Those majors this are really... Is, you know, he is in the same class as Tiger Woods with majors, right? That's just... Is what it is. What do you mean that he's won more than one? Well, there. How many guys on tour can say that? Jordan Spieth can say that. Okay. Ethan Rosenzweig in most aspects. So, but there you go. All I want to say is I'm not riding the Rory train. You, I know you picked him, so I want to hear what you have to say about Rory at Qual Howells. Howells can't even pronounce it. Every every week, everyone thinks Rory McIlroy plays bad. It looks like he plays bad, and he just comes backdoor top fives every week of the year. It's right. just, he's one of the best players out there. Even if he doesn't have his best game, he still finished. His 75% is better than 90% of the people on tour is 100%. Right. So, what so is if it? he finds it this week, he could run away from the field like he's done in the two majors or three majors that he's won. If he gets going, hits the ball straight here, he's won here twice before, like Xander said. First one of his career was also here. He is the most talented player on the PGA Tour if he gets it going. More than Spieth? I mean, Spieth, I think, only has to play 50%, yeah. and that keeps him in, like, maybe the top 25. Well, Spieth just 100% pulls out, it's not even close. Spieth just pulls out some miraculous putts all the time. That's not really Rory's game, but if Rory hits the ball straight like he does every week and gets the putter going, no one's close to him. Are you, were you taking a shot at Spieth right there real quick? Can I, was that a shot at Spieth? Well, I just think Because you do know me and him are homies now. 
I love speed too, but Rory's a better okay. ball striker. Hits the ball a lot farther. Can't argue that. Right. Speed's obviously a better putter. But I think speed. Oh, obviously, it might be a better player right now, but I kind of agree with Rube. I think if Mac, if Rory gets it going, I don't think there's really anybody that can stop him when he's at the top of his game. And I don't know. I think Spieth is in for a little dud this week. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to play terrible, but... Are you just saying that because everyone in our pool is choosing speed and no, you want I'm, a reason not to take him? Because no, that's what I, I, I do. Don't have, I mean, there, there is no reason not to take him. I mean, he just won the last major. He's probably the best golfer out there right now. He's going for the for the career grand slam, but I don't know. I think he's going to have a little bit of an off week. I think he's going to struggle, hit some fairways. Well, who's your t- who are you taking the first tier? First tier, I think I'm going to take Rory. Um, wow, you I ha- both? I haven't made my official selection yet, but I mean, there's only five guys in the first tier, so it's not like I'm yeah. taken from a list of 50. Yeah. There's a reason he's the odds-on favorite to win it, even though right. he hasn't played well. I mean, I don't... He's the I best don't, player out there. Who's, who's in the top five tier right now? I'm right now, Rory it's Hideki Matsuyama, who just came off of a right massive okay. win. And I'm surprised... And Jared, I'm a little let down that you didn't come in here willing to battle for Matsuyama. Hideki just doesn't get it... He's always there in the majors, but he just can't find a way. I don't think he has that competitive edge to get it over the top. I could be wrong. He's as talented as anyone out there, but it's just... I don't have that feeling that he's going to get it done. Well, while you guys take Rory, I'm taking Dustin because this is a man's course. And you know who's a man? Dustin Johnson. Have you seen Wayne Gretzky's daughter? He's a man. And anyways, let me tell you... He's a man who doesn't know how to walk down the stairs. He's a man that was... Okay, but anyways, I'm taking Dustin Johnson. I think, everything aside, he's the most powerful man on this tour, and he's going to bomb the ball. Bold call. Dustin Johnson will not finish in the top 20 at this major. And honestly, I think that just comes from you because you want to find something no, to argue with. I, I, no, I just don't think he's Who could hit the ball, ball like week? he can? Roy McIlroy hits the ball almost as far, if not farther, than Dustin Johnson. He led the entire tournament last week in driving distance. And you're the one, Roz, harping on, what have you done for me lately? What has Dustin done since he got pushed down the stairs at Augusta? He had an amazing... Absolutely nothing. He had an amazing third round at the Open Championship, Good bringing himself him. back into contention. He finished, like, plus seven? Showing me that there, this weekend's going to be a big weekend. We're going to deal with a lot of rain, so that's going to be... That's going to put some people into perspective and how difficult the course is going to be while it's wet, although you said there's some nice... Or Jared said there's something nice about how the course like drains itself. So that's kind of cool. Not from the fairways. Not from the fairways? Well, we'll see from there. He's, well, a, he's good. You know he's a good iron player, too. You know so I don't the, know what you guys are talking about. You know who the best rain player on tour is? You're, I, don't, I don't know. It's Roy McIlroy. 2.4 strokes better. or That's his total, but the next guy is 1.9. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty Roy good in the rain. The, Roy hits the ball higher than anyone on tour, and that plays really well in the rain because you can throw the ball right at the flag, and he'll stop on a dime. Okay, well... If he gets the putter going. That's that's fair, and, and, but he and doesn't have a putter. The, the course, you might as well just kick it or like use a hockey stick. The, I know the course is set up for long hitters, but at the end of the day, you still got to play well. It doesn't matter how long you, you drive the well. ball. You got to do that's, everything well. It doesn't matter. And just the actually, course that's the be best point you could have set up for me, how bad Rory was putting at the Open Championship. And that's... In large part, the reason he was so far behind to begin with, and in large part, the reason he can catch all the way back he up. He finished, like, three back and played, like, crap all week. That's fine. He I don't know. plus six through his first nine. We can rip Rory. We Clearly, none of us are agreeing on the top five, but I... I can admit when I'm wrong, and that's a big thing that for me to do because... You're just wrong so much. <laughs> I, might, I might be wrong so much, but... I am have picked this man so many times in my life. I've had so many irate moments with this man. But in Tier 2, Ricky Fowler leads that tier. And I think it's the weekend. I think it's his turn to join his friends with a major. And he's going to take it here. 
and I know that I'm not the only one here who picked Ricky Fowler. So I want I want some reassurance from people. On a very rare occasion, I am in agreement with Roz here. There you go. I think Ricky, like Rory, has won here. He had his first win here in the past. And I just think he's his game has been so good for four or five years, and he's never gotten over the hump. Just for some reason, I have that feeling that he could be right there again, if not take the trophy this week. Because I feel, just, I feel like if you take Ricky a couple times in these pools, you, you just can't stop taking him. Because that one time you yeah, don't take him and he wins the major, win. you're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> it's like a drug. It I'm, is like a drug. It, Ricky's a drug, and it is a drug, and it makes you. Because I know I had, I had taken him for the Masters, I had taken him for the U.S. Open, and I decided to go against that for the British Open, and I it just I ended up rooting against him. And you never like it's tough to root against people when you watch golf. It's such a classy game. You don't really want to like go yell miss when somebody's putting, and it was tough. But I I'm back. I'm taking Ricky, just like I apologized to Jordan Spieth, and I brought him his Open Championship because that's how powerful I am as a person. I'm bringing it to Ricky. Me and him are going to be buddies after this. We're going to have a great time when he wins his first ever major. And I think that's a great – there's a great value there taking him with the second tier. I don't know who you're taking, Xander, but it's a great value. Yeah, I don't really know who I'm taking yet, but Ricky's one of the guys on my radar. Fun fact, though. His first win was actually in a playoff against Rory McIlroy back in 2012, so a little bit of history there for you. That would be really fun to see, but we'll be back, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm, and we'll bring you a little more golf, and we're going to get you some baseball and football like we told you. See you soon. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back after I was violently ganged upon last segment. It settled down towards the end because a couple of people here liked the idea of Ricky Fowler potentially winning the PGA Championship. I think Championship. you had three people that kind of yeah. liked the idea. Yeah, so you know what? I think me, we're all, all's well that ends well. But this is Wednesday. We'll see Sunday how yeah. we like the idea. Well, I think I'm the only one who will express my anger if he doesn't succeed. Because I'm well, the only one who has hopped back and forth on this man and gets super emotional about the way he. Performs. I think you'll you'll be happy with the top ten finish. I would think. I I would, but well, in this in this pool, like if he were to win, his total would be multiplied by two. Obviously, I would love for Steve Stryker or Stricker, who is my <laughs> striker, because he's a Steve Stryker Stricker. <laughs> Steve Stryker Stricker, and you know what that you know what that name suits him because he's going to drive the hell out of the ball this weekend. And if he were to win... Stricker hits the ball like 250 yards. That's fine. It's a new weekend. He's going to come back super strong. And if he were to win, it would be multiply the winnings by five. But I'm, I'd be happy with Ricky Fowler coming away with that. And, and, and Ricky has four top tens in his last six events. So playing good golf. Led the U.S. Open. Finished strong. For most of the first three rounds. Yeah, he should have won it. Just played should've bad on won. Sunday. I, I think Ricky would best be suited position kind of close to the leaderboard. On Sunday, and then make yeah. him make a move. Yeah, I want him to hold the like lead. The he's not a he doesn't close very well from the uh, lead, from the leading position. If we're going into horse betting right now, this he's the one that I want to come up at the end on that last that last straightaway. You just he's see not, him book around he's the not side. Wire to wire, kind he's of. not a wire to wire, and that's fine. He needs to be out. Of those the races suck. Bit Nobody likes those at the track. But Jared, we've, I've heard enough of the top. All right, let's. This is where you become an actual expert, and you pick players down at the bottom. I don't want to hear about Charlie Hoffman yet, because I know you're going to go there. He's my favorite player. So. I don't want to hear about him, because what I... about Ernie? The Big uh, Easy. I would let you talk about Ernie, but Xander is Dude, not going with him. He's on the golf them. magazine at the health club I go to. Well, there you go. It's nice to see him. But, Jared, give us some of those picks yeah. you have towards the bottom, and if you really must, feel free to talk about my nemesis, Charlie Hoffman. Well, I'll 
abstain from talking about Charlie Hoffman, even though he That's big is my favorite game. player and is one of the best players on tour, but we'll get into that later. But one guy who's not ranked that low, but is kind of a name that no one's really heard of, is Alex Noren, mm. who is quietly ranked inside the top 20 in the world. He's been inside the top 10. He's had great weeks all year, and no one really knows about him. I mean, he's... I am one of those amongst, people. He's amongst the names of... <laughs> Fowler and Stenson and Rose and Garcia, and he's ranked ahead of some of these guys. And just with based on pure value and kind of a guy that no one really knows about, that's a name to keep an eye on out there is Alex Noren. Yeah, well, I think you're going with that pick. I mean, definitely a name me and Xander haven't heard of, but it's always good. We like learning about new people when it comes to major tournaments because I have to root against him, unfortunately, this weekend. But... He's going to show me up potentially, and then who knows? Next year, come Masters time, when I'm doing these pools again, he might be on my pick. But somebody I like seeing in the third tier is Thomas Peters because he has just been absolutely struggling. And I'm all about the feel-good story, which there isn't much of because he's a professional golfer making a ton of money. But feel good in the sense that he's going to pick up his first major win this weekend at the PGA Championship. He's fallen all the way down to the third tier. I think that's super valuable here. He's 50 to 1 in case you're really looking to make some actual money. I'm going to go with the German, you know? Yeah. I'm not, not, how many times a Jew says he goes with the German? But I'm going to go with him. So I've always been a big fan of Thomas And I knew you were a big fan of him. All year. He had a great week last week. He was leading the, uh, the Bridgestone after the third round. But I can't see him winning after the performance he put in on Sunday last week. He was in his head the whole day. Everyone was putting up low numbers. And he was like plus two or something on the day. Hey. And he was very emotional. You could see it on TV, not keeping his emotions in check. And that doesn't bode well with me for a guy that's going to be winning a major anytime soon. I think he's good enough to be in contention, and he's got the physical game to do it. But from what I saw last week, he's got some mental issues that he needs to get over before he's really going to make a run Yeah, at it. I mean, you're right. Golf is such a mental game, and that's why I think... That's why I, you I don't, don't play Xander. Well, that's, <laughs> part, that's only part of the reason... <laughs> But, yeah, that's what I, you love about a guy like Jordan Spieth is, you know, the, all the ups and downs still finds a way to pull it out, and he's yeah. probably the best golfer in the world right now. But um, my guy that I think is going to come And you better from, pick this guy because I'm tired I'm of hearing about this. your people at the bottom and you bail on them. I, Ernie Els? You're nobody bailing on him. I'm not bailing on him. I picked take him, him. Take him for no. the PGA Championship. Why can't he win it? He can win it. he's not but. good anymore. He's not, but he's the big easy. <laughs> but my guy is Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, this is a this is a worst hair in golf. It's not very good. But this is a po- <laughs> this is a post hype pick because this was a guy who was so hyped up for the first couple majors of the year. Kind of disappointing. I took him in the Open Championship. Was very disappointing. <laughs> I think he's a guy who's going to rebound, come from the depths, and finish in the top ten. I don't have much research or backing behind it, but it doesn't matter because it's all luck, basically. We're just picking guys at random here. But I do think Tommy Fleetwood is going to make a run. I think he has the talent, just hasn't really performed on the big stage. But he's another guy like Ricky Fowler, who I think could make a run coming from behind if he stays within a few strokes of the lead. And also, on that note, CBS Sportsline, they have an article... They have a model this guy made that has correctly predicted the three major winners this year. And although I didn't get to the model's pick for this year because you have to pay for it, they did give a couple <laughs> a couple snippets from the model that said, one, Dustin Johnson will not finish inside the top 20. And two, 
The dark horse of the tournament is Tommy Fleetwood, a guy from the bottom rank. So, Tommy Fleetwood, if he wins, don't be surprised because I'm saying it here right now on Wednesday night. He's going to be in contention. On How many Sunday. people pay for this? Because he could just put out that he picked these people afterwards because nobody that, paid for that his That was product. the first question my dad asked me. He's like, well, how do you know if the model's real? I was like, I don't. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm calling BS. Well, I don't know. Dustin Johnson finishes first. They also he, said he, Jason he will Day will not do very well. Well, he hasn't they been doing well. They ran 10,000 simulations on this tournament. So, but what, Allegedly. 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 <laughs> Quotation. Air quotes. But Jason Day hasn't, like, has he been playing golf? Has well, he been at any of these nope. tournaments? He's shown up. Just he's in the top tier, well. so, I mean, I don't... I don't know. He still hits the ball well, but and he's just not Some there quick right hits. I, I'm making my mind up right now. I'm taking John Rahm in the second tier. Um, Rahm is the number one on the PGA Tour in strokes gained off the tee. little snippet, another little factoid, kind of like, you know, weighted on base. Nobody really knows much about what it means unless you're a big sabermetric guy. Sounds good. Sounds good. He's number one on a tour at it. What, are we sabermetric people now? No, but it sounds good. So I'm going to take him. And he's also, he's young, he bombs the ball, and I think people might be scared away by his pedigree because he hasn't won a major yet, but he really hasn't been on tour that long. So John Rahm is a guy I'm looking for who I think has a bad pick. He has the makeup, I think, to be, you know, a great golfer on tour. I think he already is a great golfer, but I think he could ascend, you know, like do a top five consistently given some more experience. He's and I think 21 years old, too. right? It's pretty wild. Huh? You know, I mean, three Jordan Speed is 24. Years. I mean, you think yeah. about this guy three years from now, maybe he picks up a couple majors. He's, he's very talented. I think one of the most talented golfers on tour. So I think he shows up big this week. And I'm looking for a top 10 finish from John Rom. Hopefully, better. And that's totally fair. And I just want to bring up since you talked about bombers, I want to bring up. Tony Finau <laughs> and how he is what do you know about him other than he's, he gets the ball all I know is I read five articles and his name was in each one so I'm not taking him he's 90 to 1 so definitely worth spending a couple dollars on to make some money and like I said he's a bomber he's been around and he's been successful in PGA Championship history and I'm not looking at him to finish first I picked my guy I'm sticking with Dustin Johnson and I'm just ride. I'm literally just riding the Fowler train. It doesn't matter what happens. If he wins, you know I'm going to celebrate by boozing up. If he loses, I'm going to celebrate by boozing up. And Tony, you know what? I just need a top ten finish. Another. I just uh, need nice. a top ten from a seventy-five to one shot. Ninety to what one. What more? Could you, what even better? What That's even better for me. For? Just keep on the low key in our pool. Not a lot of people taking him. You might have read five articles about him. Other people only read one article about him. So I'm taking him. I, I'm going to raise you. A sleeper with even better odds, JB Holmes. I think is he a hundred to one, right? He's a hundred to one. He could crash and burn very easily, but he has won at this course before. And if he's locked in, another guy who can hit the ball pretty far. Which, like I said before, just a minor stipulation. You still need to play well. But who are you picking to win overall? That's all we need before we head to the break. I think John Rahm's going to win it all. John Rahm, I've Dustin Johnson, and our expert here. And I got Rory. And I wanted to say Rory, but I don't like picking the favorite. Okay. Heck I don't yeah. have a problem with it if I'm right. I so. Know. so Jared believes he's going to be right. Xander's going to have another terrible major tournament as he fell off Except the wagon that last I time. Pick Sergio to win the U.S. Open. Too bad you didn't pick him last week, which is not too bad because he stunk. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Maybe avoid him. But that's all the time we have for golf, everybody. We will be back next segment. This is Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. Follow us on our social media pages and everything else. We will see you after the break, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. 
the long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And as per usual, we beat the nail into the horse's head about golf. And don't forget to download your free trial at audibletrial.com slash the sporting edge. Lots of great titles out there. I wrote Maybe a book, you- actually. They should look it up on Audible Book. Maybe it's on there. You it's Ethan Rosenzweig autobiography to success and greatness. <laughs> and you can go to audiblebooks.com slash the sporting edge. Don't forget the sporting edge because then you get that promotion with it. All right. We're talking tight ends. All right. That's one of the hit or miss sections of fantasy football. I don't know what rounds you typically like to go in. And that's where I'm a little curious. I want to hear your takes on that. Because I've always been late. I've been like sixth, seventh, maybe yeah. even eighth round for tight ends. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with tight ends, so first of all, you only play one. So it's just like kind of like a quarterback is there's so many of them out there, and there's so many outside the top ten who end up being in the top ten and being good. I just, I don't For see tight a ends, lot. There is yes. such a boom or bust. There's like I know, three tight ends every year that's who are scoring I'm saying, consistently. But you don't, exactly. First after, of all, after that, though, it's kind of just like. I mean, you could get, you could, you could pick up the, the third best tight end in the league by the end of the year on the, on the waiver wire. I mean, just that's the way it works out. You don't really know how the guys are going to work in systems, but I'll tell you, one guy I will not take at any round is Rob Gronkowski. You want to say his name one more time? Rob Gronkowski. There you go. How about we pronounce this successful human being? I don't want to say his name. I I got burned on him last year. I took him. You traded him away for Demarco Murray. First round, though, which kind of sucked. But then I Mm -hmm. did trade him and got a little bit back for him. But yeah, I won't be taking Gronk unless it's like the eighth round. Yeah. Or later. I don't know. I just I don't see the value of taking a guy. But who, you know, Gronk's gonna go in our league in the first two rounds. Of course, he probably. Yeah, I just don't want to be the guy to take him, and then he's I hurt again. Tight ends in the first two. Like I never understood. I couldn't believe he did that last year. Well, right? I did, and it didn't work. But I traded him, so I was okay. I mean, I I think you know the tight end taking one really early. I think is just is not a very good play. You know, mainly because. As a tight end, you, typically you receive probably the least opportunity, you know, to share the ball. I mean, you got obviously running backs, you probably get the greatest chance, you know, rushing and receiving, wide receivers. You know, most of the top guys are going to get a lot of targets, but tight ends, I don't think you, you, you really never know. And especially with a guy like Gronk, who has such a big history of injuries, I just don't want to be the guy who's stuck taking him in an early round. And then, you know, kicking myself for not taking a running back or a wide receiver at that point in the draft. Because I think you're right. I think he is going to go really early. And I think it's going to be too early. Almost any point would be too early for me. You know, if he was there at round eight, obviously, I probably would take him. But that'd be a great value at eight. Obviously. Well, but, you know, if he gets hurt and misses 10 games. Well, like every other position we've talked about, there's a top tier. 
to the tight ends. And Gronk is in it right now, but I, I, think, I just the injury woes freak me out. The thing I'm looking at has Gronk in tier by himself, which I, won't, I don't I don't disagree well, with. If healthy, he is. He is. not only the most talented tight end, but probably the biggest matchup nightmare. I agree. My, my major, that's a big if, if he's right. My but concern the, is the health. But I what mean, about the not. three under that? The Travis Kelsey, who is number two in my books. There's Jordan Reed, who's third, and Greg Olson. I mean, all of these tight ends, whether scoring touchdowns or gaining tons and tons of yards, because Kelsey, he didn't have a ton of touchdowns. He only had four last season, but he broke over the 1,000-yard receiving mark. And I think he's super valuable. Again, you're playing with Alex Smith, who... For the longest time, I don't. It was not last season, but he almost went an entire season without throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. So it's a little sketchy when, with him at the quarterback position. I think Travis Kels, similar to Rob Gronkowski, has that matchup difficulty against any I, other team. Out of, out of that tier, I, Travis Kelsey for me by far is the guy to take. I think because of the consistency. I mean, obviously, you never really know what you're going to get from somebody. Doesn't score a lot for me. Doesn't, but you know what? The guy is good for like five catches and eighty yards almost every week, in my opinion. And I think Alex Smith is another guy. You basically know what you're getting. There's not really going to be a ton of surprises. Travis Kelsey is another big body guy who, like we, you know, we brought up is is a matchup nightmare. Catches a ton of balls. Is always around. Is rarely injured. And he's the kind of guy I would like to have as a tight end. We'll put up some numbers. You know, will, the two because of the yardage. Will he put up, you know, healthy Rob Gronkowski numbers? No, but nobody will. I mean, that's... He had a great quarterback. I think the sky's yeah, the limit but, there. And then the next guy, Jordan Reed, is like Gronkowski. He started half the games last year right? because of injury. He, he, and he's he another can't guy, stay on the field either. Probably the second, I think, most talented tight end in the league right now. Yeah, but he's got the same, same issues but as Gronk. Same issues, and I... And his are, his are head injuries, so right. and he's I, one away you know from what? being done forever. Maybe this makes him a lot better or a lot worse, or maybe he doesn't change at all, but I think, you know... Losing Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson for that offense, I think it's going to be a detriment to him because I think you know Kirk Cousins will look to him now a lot as the number one option. He'll be that safety blanket. I, he'll be that safety blanket, but I think teams are going to find a way to shut him down because you know a team that when they have the best receiver, you game plan to stop him. And I think Jordan Reed, I think he's going to get bottled up this year a little bit. And I'm not saying he won't finish in the top ten of tight ends, but if you take Jordan Reed as second tight end in the draft and he finishes as the ninth best. You're not happy about that. It's no. a big loss in value from where you're going to take him in the draft, which is probably, you know, fourth or fifth round yeah. around there, maybe. That's what maybe I would think, earlier. sir. But there's always Old Faithful. And I'm going to rip at you guys a little bit here because it was the greatest trade in Chicago Bears history when they traded away Greg Olson to the Carolina Panthers, making him an elite tight end. And it's good because who would, wants to waste their career here in Chicago? The Bears are terrible. That's my little pitch for the day. But Greg Olson, without a doubt, to me, I think would be the number one tight end I target because I'm not early enough, and right now he's the fourth best tight end. But maybe I reach there in the sixth round for him because Cam Newton goes to him all the time, and with Calvin Benjamin being healthy, with Christian McCaffrey adding a new element, it just provides more opportunity for Greg Olson to be I, a safety blanket as well as a leader in reception. I disagree. I, I think the addition of McCaffrey is going to hurt Greg Olson. I think it's going to hurt him a lot. I don't see Greg Olson having a spectacular year. I think he'll be solid, but I, I think there's a limited upside there. And I could be completely wrong, but I am, I'm not very high in Cam Newton, and I'm not very high in this Carolina Panthers offense. I think McCaffrey's going to add a new dynamic to this offense, but I, I don't see the, a lot of upside for Greg Olson for see, me. I'm more on Raz's side. Heck yeah. One. How about that one? I mean, I, he's just... 
he's not a guy that obviously is going to put up those massive like healthy Gronk numbers, but I just think he is the the highest floor out of anyone really. I can see that. He's, I mean, he's you know you kind of know what you're going to get. He hasn't really had that many. I mean, all these guys have been hurt in their career, so you can't say that. Right. But he hasn't had that many significant injuries throughout his career, and I feel like ever since he got to Carolina, which was what seven, eight years ago, maybe, he's just been super reliable. He's been Cam Newton's security blanket because they've had a lack of a wide receiving core there. <laughs> and I just think that continues this year. Here's funny. Here's Like I said, Old Faithful, the last three seasons with Carolina, he has started all 16 games. All three seasons, he has gone over 1,000 yards receiving. And none of the tight ends ahead of him have done either of those things. Mm-hmm. So, That's reliable. That, I, and I he had a down year in terms of receiving touchdowns last year. But that was because that Carolina Panthers offense was atrocious for the first half of the season for sure. And they played atrocious against any team that was above 500. So I think it's a new year, a new day for the Carolina Panthers. They're going back to their form when they went to the Super Bowl, I believe. I think this is going to be a very successful team. And I like Greg Olson. But we've done enough of the top tier. And there's a player I'm super attracted to I, in I terms of well. fantasy value. And that's Hunter Henry of the San Diego Chargers. Okay. Or, he was but the pardon guy. me. The Los, pardon me the Los Angeles Chargers. The worst Dude. move of all time. But Phillip yeah. Rivers is still commuting. <laughs> He's good. commuting at two and a half hours. They're playing in a 25,000 fan soccer stadium this year. Uh, nobody needs to see them play because there are so many games I bet on where the Chargers blew it at the end of the game. It was the most pitiful team ever assembled in Philadelphia. How do we Rivers. go from no teams in LA to the Chargers and the Rams? We just okay. gave LA to the, a terrible franchise. You wipe your butt with Kleenex and you hand that to LA. That's basically what we just gave them. And I, don't, I don't get why the Chargers moved. I didn't. Without telling anybody, in the dark of night, they loaded those trucks and drove to LA. Those assholes. That's the only word I can use for that. But I do like Hunter Henry. Antonio Gates really is at the end of his career. There isn't much left for him. Hunter Henry was taking more snaps than him anyways. And they just drafted Mike Williams. They have a lot of receiving talent. They had Tyrell Williams. They have Keenan Allen coming back. But in the red zone, Hunter Henry will be a star. I agree. And and this is where my draft strategy would kind of come into play. I'd much rather take a guy like Hunter Henry who would probably go maybe as the 8th or ninth tight end, maybe even lower than take a Gronkowski in the first or second round. I think Hunter Henry has huge upside potential. And like you said, Gates is getting old, and he's still going to be out there, but Hunter Henry, you saw some flashes last year that this guy could easily have 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, which are very solid numbers for a tight end. A guy who was ranked a little higher than him and you know is considered in the, the third tier, the rankings I'm looking at, would not be surprised that this guy ended the year on top for tight ends for fantasy points, Tyler Eifert of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this guy, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Rob Gronkowski, kind of the way he plays the game. I do worry about the injuries a little bit, but he's a guy with Andy Dalton and A.J. Green in that offense who I think has shown some spurts that he could be a guy, you know, who catches eight balls a game easy. Absolutely. And one more point before we head into the break. Hunter Henry had the most receiving touchdowns of the top 10 tight ends. So that will be big coming into this year. That's all the time we have this segment. Everybody, we'll be back after the break. Enjoy our song. <laughs> what's up, what's up, everybody? We are keen on Hunter Henry. And, Xander, you were talking about Tyler Eifert a little bit before. But, Jared, where are you in terms of drafting tight ends? Because we understand me and Xander are kind of in between the 6th and 8th round. If 
it's worth it. If not, we can we can wait. I know you had a tight end you wanted to bring up real quickly. Yeah. Well, I got burned on tight ends last year pretty badly. I bit on Gronk in the end of the first round last year, which didn't go very well. So I'm probably going to stay away from tight ends until later in the draft. And there's one guy who's another sleeper in Jack Doyle in Indianapolis that I really like. I don't really know much about his talent per se, but I just think the offense he's in, I think Andrew Luck's going to be back and be healthy. And I just think that is a really, really bad team who's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And there's not that many besides T.Y. Hilton. There's not many big-time receivers there. So I think in these games when Indianapolis is down 14 in the fourth quarter and Luck throws the ball 55 times a game, I think Doyle's going to get his fair share of targets. And that's all you're really looking for out of tight ends or guys that are going to get targets. And I just think Doyle, where the value is, him being a 12 to 15 kind of guy ranking wise for tight ends. I think there's a lot of value playing in that offense on a team with a really bad defense and not much of a running game. They're just going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think he's going to benefit from being with luck and being on that team. Right. And I think, you know, you look at Jack Doyle being ranked 13th right now. I mean, most people I would say in most leagues don't even draft a backup tight end. I mean, they might. It's fifty fifty. I usually don't, but I, typically no. I don't. I, I wide mean, receivers and running. So backs. at thirteen, this is a guy who could possibly pick up as a free agent after the draft. I mean, I think there's so much value, you know, in later rounds, unless you want to pay a huge premium for the top guys. But I mean, after ten, you got Eric Ebron. What you know, I think he gets hurt most, a lot too. He, he does, but these guys who have, I think, a lot of upside. Um, Jack Doyle, you mentioned. How about CJ Fedorowicz? CJ Fedorowicz, you know who dropped off? Who was the probably the best tight end in football that year? Julius Thomas, the Broncos. He's currently. He ranked. was more of a product of the Peyton Manning yeah. all-time season, though. I know. I think tight ends are still. just more of a product of their offense, other than like the really, and unfortunately really guys. It's and just, it's really convenient that he brought up the Julius Thomas because you guys can tell me a little bit about your quarterback and how that's going to affect him in Miami now that Ryan Tannehill. I think it's better for him than Tannehill. You think I, Cutler's better? I think it's better for their receiving fantasy wise. I absolutely do. I am not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. I was for a while. Oh my god! I'm not a, fa- I'm not a fan of either of them. So I I, I'm not a fan of Cutler, of dude. Ryan Tannehill. Cutler's thought, about to have the best season of his career. He probably is. You know what? <laughs> I, he he I probably think, is. I think Cutler's going to be a top ten quarterback. No, you don't. I do, and I'm going to do this proud because there, it will not do anything but make me happy if he oh, is. Why wouldn't it? He's going. He's starting quarterback for a playoff. Because I felt he was mistreated in Chicago, and you guys can rip me apart for that, and I don't really care. But Jay Cutler was not a bad quarterback. He was part of the worst systems. Mark Tressman couldn't have been a worse coach. I mean, blind people, deaf people, like all these super awesome individuals could have coached that team a lot better. Mark Tressman was an idiot, but it was like two years. I, so I don't know. And then. He John, like he had John, Fox, John Fox was hanging out in the bathroom, maybe in a sauna, just relaxing, and he was probably looking for another team that was going to hand him a godlike quarterback, such as Peyton Manning, and he ends up in Chicago because they were offering him tons of money. And he hasn't done anything for this program. I don't know why we're wasting time on the Bears. They I just want to, I just want to put it out there. You that know, I, Packers are better than the Bears. I didn't even, I haven't mentioned the Packers yet this, this entire day. Martellus Bennett is not a tight end I would draft because of how many options there are for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. But I do want to go back to Julius Thomas. Do you think his value goes up with a Cutler or does it drop? I think it absolutely goes up. I think Ryan Tannehill the last couple of years has been the king of being average, and he's a guy first few years in the league I thought had a chance to elevate to a top ten quarterback status. 
really hasn't done it. I mean, the offense has been pretty underwhelming. You know, got a few weapons over there. I mean, I think Jarvis Landry, one of the more dynamic. If he doesn't get suspended. Football, yeah, I mean that. You know, besides the point. But I mean, got a great running back in Jay Ajayi. Um, and you know, I think Jay Cutler. Say what you want about him, but he does know how to chuck the ball up. And I think you know, Julius Thomas is a talented guy. I mean, you saw that in Denver. Obviously, you know, like Rube said, Peyton Manning had a record season that year. But he is another big-bodied guy who can do some things in this offense. And Jay Cutler is going to be the starting quarterback for a playoff team. So, not a bad deal for him. All right. I'm going to ask you a question as we get off the Jay Cutler and Julius Thomas train. If you guys can go back into the future three years, four years ago, who back was... In, you mean the past? Yeah, the past. Would be, uh, All right. If, if you I could go, go back in the past, I would have never traded Kyle Orton if, in the first round. If I, say, if I for accidentally said future... Kyle Orton would still be the quarterback of the Bears. <laughs> I 50. I said future, but I meant past. If you can go back in the past four years, who was the best tight end in the, in the league? Was it Julius Thomas? No. Gronkowski? No. Yates. His name was right. Jimmy Graham. Ah. With Drew Brees at the helm, Jimmy Graham was the best tight end fantasy wise you could a, ask for. That was a sad day when he went to the Seahawks. Drew Brees. It was the end of a, of a dynasty with Jimmy Graham and Drew Brees. And it's not over, though. Jimmy Graham's career is not over. That knee could we snap thought any second. It though. can. He's also injury prone, but the end of his season, he was in the top two. For tight ends last year at the end of the season in terms of production, receptions, and yardage. I'm putting it out on the limb that Russell Wilson is a little more concerned about the longevity of his career, so I'm going to say the running is going to take a step back. I think he's going to pass the ball more. He Doug Baldwin has become a presence in fantasy football. I mean, the guy eats touchdowns for breakfast. I think Jimmy Graham is going to have a pretty surprising year, and I I had him on my fantasy team, and he was not the reason I didn't win my first-round playoff game last year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I do think Russell Wilson takes a step back in the running game because, you know, like you said, he keep getting hurt. And not to say that Russell Wilson is really injury-prone, but... He's not, and he plans to play 25 more years. But there's so. really only one running quarterback in the league who's been able to do it for multiple years. It's Cam Newton. And he also He's happens to be specimen. about the size of a linebacker. Russell Wilson is def- is not <laughs> the same not guy, and I think he kind of saw it last year. Um, was kind of playing hurt the entire year, and I think he's a guy who can throw the ball. It's not like he has to run to be successful. So I, I do agree with you. Jimmy Graham, if he finished the year as a top tight end, would not be surprised. So I think later on in the draft, if you, if you had to take a, a flyer on he's a guy. He's like an 8-9 eight, eight, guy. He, for me, eight, I I could see it. He might even be lower. I mean, you never know. The tight, it's just such a gray area. Tight ends a crapshoot, and and it's really? not like you need. If you picked a bad tight end, it's not like it's going to ruin your team. It's not, but the value that a good tight end brings to your team is right. Is like it's instrumental. There'll be like maybe three a year. So you just kind of got to get lucky with tight end. If not, right. There's a lot of guys that are kind of just hit or miss every week, and you got to hope to get lucky. If not, it's not the end of the world. Well, we had. One of our better fantasy players in our league had Delaney Walker on his team. And Delaney Walker is just kind of an under-the-radar, he-puts-up 20-point fantasy day, like games for you right. through the course of the season. I would rather... I, and I think ahead. that's valuable. I, like, no, beyond I'm very value. valuable. I'd rather be the guy who you know takes a tight end lander or picks one, off off, picks one up off waivers than be the guy who drafts a tight end early and gets his season ruined. Well, I don't think any of, of us sitting here drafts a tight end in the first three rounds. I mean, he well, made the mistake last year, last year at the, in the first round, but I don't think he'll ever oh, do it again. I, I mean, there, if I was going to, it would be one guy, but I'm not taking it. So that's my... <laughs> someone will do it. Right. Oh, I think someone will, but I just... 
there, even if, if Gronkowski has 20 touchdowns this year, like, I don't know, I, I'm not going to be that upset because I would never have taken him. I so, wouldn't risk it. I never listen to Matthew Barry's advice. And I, I don't, it's nothing personal against Matthew Barry. I just think there's a whole lot of hoopla surrounding fantasy football and everything well, in terms all, of it's your all luck. sleep. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, let's, you know. So, Jared brought me some bad news before we start recording today in terms of how he projected O.J. Howard to be. And that's the one tight end we haven't covered. And he's in that offense where I've just been all Tampa Bay Buccaneers every week so far. I think O.J. Howard is a perfect waiver wire tight end pickup. I mean, he's 21st ranked tight end right now. He will not get drafted. And if you do draft him, I think you're making a mistake because... At 15th round... Everyone throws away a kicker pick there. You never know. Sure, if he's sitting there, I might round. just be like, why If you If it? you really want him that bad, you take I kinda but like, I can't remember the last time a rookie tight end had any production in the NFL. And they are they have another guy in Cameron Braid who had a pretty yeah, right. decent year last year. Yeah. So he's not getting all the targets. Cameron Cameron Braid, I don't, I'm, I don't think he's going to be really relative fantasy-wise, but he, I think he will eat some passes away from O.J. Howard. Well, that was tight ends and the PGA Golf Tournament. Thank you guys for joining us this week here at the Sporting Edge. We're at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, reach out to us when you get the opportunity. We'll be at Blarney Island on Thursday. We'll report back to you from that. Have a great weekend, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.